Well, Jackson, after five weeks of Atlanta Falcons running from a win like COVID was chasing them, they've won a football game, one in five. But what did it cost them? Well, I mean, now it, it did cost, you know, it did cost the Atlanta area or something. Okay, it wasn't, wasn't bad, you know. It only cost Georgia Tech getting beat by 66, 73 to 7 versus Clemson. Okay, not, not terrible, you know. Not terrible. Well, well, then Alabama and Georgia played, and well, well, Georgia got beat by 17. Um, but you know, but you know, that's okay. That you know, it happens. It's Alabama. But then the beloved Atlanta Braves blew a 3-1 series lead to the Dodgers, who were notorious for choking in the playoffs. Bro, how? So you're telling me that the Falcons, in order for them to win, they had to give their choking aside to the Braves when we basically I'm saying that only one team in Atlanta can win at a time we both know that the Braves going to the World Series would have been bigger for the Atlanta area than the Falcons winning at all this season honestly you I agree with that but at the same time for Julio Jones sanity I think they needed this win no they go out and get Trevor Lawrence next year like come on (laughs) like that's, that's but Matt Ryan's not the issue. But is Matt Ryan the issue? No, it's the head coach. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay. I just think I just think the Atlanta area is the issue. If you want me to be honest with you, yikes, man, dude, that that's just crazy. But but speaking of issues, let's get into the podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Sports Brain. This is Jackson. That's Caleb. Yeah, boy. Dude, let's get right into the disasters, starting with the Braves. 3-1 series lead. About to go back to the World Series for the first time since the 90s. Like, what happened? Are they now the Atlanta Falcons? Like, what the heck, man? I'm telling you, it's just like Atlanta as a city has just become the choke city. You've got Rip City up in Portland. You know, like, you've got all these names. It's choke city. There's no other way to describe Atlanta right now. Every team is doing it. It's not just the Braves. The Braves were just on the biggest stage of everyone right now, and they did it. 3-1 against a team who is known for choking in the playoffs against the all-time great pitcher who is known for choking in the playoffs, and you choke instead. I cannot believe it. But, I mean, props to the Dodgers. They they rode that game three, 15-3 win. Um, yes, they did, get, they did get beat in game four. But, like, they came back game five, seven to three, and they, just, they rode it all the way through. Um, what stood out to me is Mookie Betts. The man could have hit. Yeah. The man could have hit in Boston. He came to L.A., doesn't know how to hit. But his defense is worth that twelve-year contract that they he, just signed. He went, he went to a four in game in game seven. Yeah, but I mean, throughout the the whole. Post- oh yeah, season, but I it, mean, but his defense saved that series. Oh yeah, his defense saved that series. It felt like every time I got an update about that series it was Mookie Betts robbing a home run. Yeah, especially like you rob one off of Freddie Freeman, you definitely doing something right. Like, come on, but. Like Mookie, Mookie Betts in the outfield right now is like when they introduce Bug Bunny, Bug Bunny left center, Bug Bunny center field, Bug Bunny right field. Like he's everywhere, man. It's crazy. 
Um, but he did go two or four in game seven. Yeah, he, so you know, you get you get you get big money and you show up in big games. Yeah, I mean, look at Jason Hayward in 2016 with the Cubs, <laughs> wasn't hitting all season. Goes down, gives a motivational speech during a rain delay. Come out, Cubs win. Let's go. Hey, you get paid big money. You show up in big games. Now, I do love the stat that I saw on Bleacher Report that Mookie Betts and Kershaw's contracts combined was like the same amount of money as the whole Tampa Bay Rays team. Dude, they're a low market team. It's ridiculous that you know they're still making the playoffs with that low of a payroll, and everyone's okay with it. That's what I'm saying. The the Dodgers literally have two players that are getting paid the same amount of money combined that their whole team is getting paid this That's year. That's ridiculous. Like, and so if you're the Dodgers and you lose, you just wasted money the past five or six years. If you're the Dodgers and you lose, you need to actually find talent that doesn't want just money. True. Like, I mean, true. Kershaw is great and all during the regular season, but if we're being honest, I'd rather have Matt Scherzer in the playoffs. Like, Kershaw, he's known for choking in the playoffs. Yeah. Well, I mean, speaking of Kershaw, he's starting game one. That's going to be interesting, man. Especially, I think, what's going to be even more interesting is that it's played in Arlington. Like, yeah. They are allowing fans back in, though, a little bit. I haven't seen that. Wow. It's mainly more so family, but um, they have – mask signs up and everything like that and reminding you and they've actually like put what appears to be like cable ties on the seats so if your ticket isn't for that seat so they only sell certain tickets to be social mm-hmm. distance that seat won't go down so I mean, uh, they're doing something smart there so it'll be interesting yeah. to see. well it's kind of it's kind of like the nba did you know close family everyone gets to bring one or two people in the bubble now, i know they're not a bubble but you know what I'm saying? Like that you get to bring one or two people from your family in the game. So it gives you more of a reason to compete, but it's also like, you know, oh, yeah. it's good to have people out there. You, you know, right. Um, what's going to be interesting is to see if the Rays rookie Randy, and I'm going to butcher his last name. Arozarena. Arozarena. Perfect. Dead on the money. I'm sure that's exactly how you say it. It's going to be interesting to see if he carries this momentum. That Man has hit nine home runs in, in this uh, postseason. Like he has, like good grief. Like you talk about coming up big in big games. This man's a rookie. Yeah. He's coming up big. Like yeah, good grief. I mean, so so you've got him, okay. And now this guy won't play. We talked about mm-hmm. it. You know, pitch run or whatever. He won't play. Yeah. But they call up MLB's not their number one. MLB's number one overall prospect, shortstop Wander Franco. All right, they call him up. And so it's just like, when you look at that, all right, you've got a rookie leading the team right now, and then you've got the MLB's number one prospect. Yeah. Are the Rays here to stay? Uh, with with their pitching staff, I think so. Uh, they got a great bullpen, good starting pitching. Now, they did almost blow that series to Houston. Um, but Yeah, but, I'm, but I, still, you know, Houston could have had some trash cans around again. Wouldn't be surprised. Uh, I, mean, I think the A the Rays are one of the teams to beat in the AL. Um, you still got the Yankees, obviously. They're still good as long as they stay healthy. But Oakland, New York, and Tampa, top three teams in the AL for the next, I'd say, three years. And two of those teams are extremely small market. 
Yeah. Like you're talking on New York, right? <laughs> you're talking about <laughs> the Yankees and like their big market and their big contracts. Uh, the Rays and A's don't even compare when it comes to no. contract size and market size. But um, the Dodgers are favored in this almost 70% compared to the Rays, 30. Um, it's going to be interesting. I'm, I actually hope Kershaw comes out and pitches well. Like, I actually, as much as I talk about him, you know, choking and everything, I actually want to see him come out and prove people wrong because he is a good pitcher. But yeah. now, do I think it will happen? No, but I'd love to see it happen. Yeah. yeah but it, and see, yeah. I, it kind of correlating. So we talk about small market teams. I think it's crazy how, like, small markets get talked about more in baseball and basketball than they do football. Because if you think about it, Kansas City's a small a small market. Yeah. But, like, no one talked about them being a small market team when they're playing in the Super Bowl. Right. Like, it's, it's, and, not, a, it's, the it's same, not a free like, agent destination as far as city. Exactly. City goes. Now, sometimes, you know this, sometimes the team is more appealing than the living situation. Oh, yeah. City. Oh, yeah. Well, that, that's like, you know, LeBron goes to Cleveland, and all of a sudden you got free agents going to Cleveland. Yes. You know? Cleveland's not desirable. It's the team. And so I get there are situations. Right. But I just feel like baseball-wise, baseball has more small market teams make it to to the championship yeah. than football – I mean, sorry, than the football – than basketball does. Right. When you, cause I know, you know, football, a lot of small market teams make it because there's not a lot of just huge market teams. Right. You know, you've got these random cities. You know, Nashville is not a quote-unquote big market. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like compared- Green Bay, Wisconsin – Yeah, like compared to like Chicago or exactly, exactly. But I just feel like there's more small markets in the NFL, and that's probably why you don't hear it as much. Yeah. Um. But but as far as so when I think about NBA, I think you know LeBron with the Cavs, Dirk with the Mavs, um, and maybe maybe you give the the nod to the Oklahoma City Thunder, um, but. And you know what I'm saying? So like them three. Yeah. Uh, when you think about the last ten years, because Orlando to me is not a small market. I mean, even though you know they did make it with Dwight, that's not a small market to me. Are you? T- oh, you're talking about to the finals? Yeah. To the finals. I'm talking about fine, not winning to the finals. Yeah. Um. I, you may make, you may think Orlando is a small no, no, market, no, no, but no. I think when you're fifty world, you're not a small market. No, I would. I want to say San Francisco, hence eight. The first time. Yeah, the but, first time they made it, but after that, no. No, I, I still don't think that's a, I don't think that's a small market. That's Oakland and San Francisco kind of combined. Like that's that's yeah. two cities teams. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I mean, you got Dallas. Um, I, I don't. That's think, a, yeah, yeah. I, that's why I said I said I said Dallas, and I even give San Antonio the small market. Yeah, now. I mean, even though they've been a good. Team. But that was a dynasty. That was a dynasty. So yeah. so that wasn't even like free agents weren't going there. They were just drafting. Well. Oh, yeah, uh, but um, Oklahoma, which is, Oklahoma which is, City yeah. is for sure like Oklahoma, Oklahoma City, Cleveland, and and and. Dallas and San Antonio over the past 10 yeah. years, like that's your small market. And then it would be like, I would like, I would actually enjoy going through because I don't think Houston's a big market to play. Like Houston's not a large market team to me. Yeah. Um, like your large market teams, LA, New York, Chicago, um, uh, Miami's Boston. a pretty big market. Boston. So, yeah. Boss. Yeah. Sorry. Boston. I knew I was missing somebody. Okay. <laughs> Boston, um, and I mean, I may even give the nod to New Orleans with football and basketball, maybe because like that is a very 
I don't know. Yeah. I think it's a. I think free agents want to. If if as far as living, New Orleans is very nice. Yeah. You know, the teams there are just mediocre, so it kind of hurts them. But yeah. But anyways. but yeah, uh, this should be an interesting series. Um, game one is Tuesday. We're recording this on a Monday, so it'll be Tuesday when you hear this. It'll be posted on Wednesday. So last night, game one. You got game two tonight, hence Wednesday. Then you're taking a day off, and you got three back to back. Um, that's how they've done it in the past, going two back to back, then three, then two. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, who do you got? Um, I want to play small market here, and I want to go with the Rays, just because I I'm not a you know I'm not a Rays hater. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do have a friend in the Rays farm system, but I just think it's finally the Dodgers' year. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like at some point it's got to be. Yeah. So and, and just why why not this year? So you're going with the Dodgers? I'm going to take the Dodgers. Now they could choke yeah. and you know hurt me, but my MLB predictions besides the Braves have been wrong. So right. Might as well just go for yeah. it. I'm going to go with the Rays and call the Dodgers the Bills of the MLB. They make it there, but can I get the win? And I don't blame you one bit. Give <laughs> me the Rays. Come on. Come I don't, it, it's like I said, you know, I, I'm going to pick the Dodgers, but if the Dodgers lose, I'm not going to be upset. I actually want the Rays to win. Right. But uh, I, I'm gonna. I'm just going to – I think it's the Dodgers' year. Hey, RIP Kobe Bryant. Um, be the Lakers go out and win it. Do the Dodgers go out and win it? Who knows? I'm interesting, but I do know an LA team's not winning football, though. I tell you that much. Facts. That's not happening. Facts, man. But hey, speaking of football, let's bring on our special guest. Yay! We are here with our special guest, Todd Doxon, all the way from Omaha, Nebraska. Todd, how you doing tonight? Living the dream out here, Jackson. Appreciate you guys having me on, man. That's awesome. We're uh, we're glad to have you with us, man. Uh, if you don't mind giving our listeners a little bit um, inside to yourself, do you mind giving us a little bit of your story? <laughs> yeah, no problem, man. Uh, first of all, I wanted to say thanks to your parents, man. It's cool. This many years later, I actually saw your mom. Uh, she had, I think, been in town for some reason. I forget. And she got to come to church. So it's really cool to be able to connect with them and just your your parents' investment in my life and just to see you grow up and from when I knew you as a little dude, man, it's cool to see you thriving in life and super proud of you, man. So, uh, my, my, I mean, my story is basics, man. I mean, I was a football freak, basketball, baseball, the whole deal growing up in Omaha, Nebraska, uh, went to Iowa state university, played baseball and football there, uh, played quarterback at Iowa state in, in the horrific years, man, we were, we, we had a rough deal. In fact, my, sophomore year we were oh ten and one it was bad news bro so uh and then we had a coaching change uh dan mccarney came in my junior year and we we basically kind of were at the beginning of turning that program around uh went to the new york jets actually as a free agent out of college and pulled a hamstring in training camp i was having a great camp it was bill parcells first year and that's how old i am and i was back in 1997 old school and, uh, and really, honestly, you know, that, that was kind of where my faith journey really began. I mean, I, I grew up in the church, was kind of stiff arming God for a long time and kind of came to Christ after being cut by the New York Jets, uh, went to uh, NFL Europe, actually signed with the New England Patriots and got sent to NFL Europe. A guy named Kurt Warner actually signed with the 
the Rams and was sent to the same NFL Europe team. We became roommates and, you know, he was a solid Christian dude, but a guy that was a fierce competitor and um, a guy I was looking up to. And so basically was discipled by Kurt for four months. You know, we lived together, ate together, breathed together. <laughs> it was crazy. And yeah, really was huge in the beginning of my, of my faith journey. And um, in fact, just talked to him this past week, both of our kids are walk on. Well, Cade just got awarded a scholarship at Nebraska and, and was named a captain. And my, our, my son, our son is a walk on at Iowa state now. So pretty wild. And then, you know, went from NFL Europe, uh, ended up going to the Miami dolphins, got a little bit of playing time, finished in uh, about five seasons in the arena football league and retired and took a job in ministry. And we actually ended up moving back to Omaha 12 years ago, started a non-denominational Christian church and and uh, actually, December will be our launch of our very first permanent facility uh, here in Omaha, Nebraska. Dude, I've seen pictures of that, and I'm excited for it. That's awesome. Yeah, man, it's it's a wild, wild – I mean, I gave you the cliff notes, but the journey's been crazy, and I feel like we're kind of just at the beginning of a, a brand-new journey. And one, one of the things I do on the side I'm – I'm not sure if I told you, Jackson, one of my side jobs is I'm a, a color commentator for – live high school football games on the Fox affiliate here, KXVO here in Omaha. Dang, dude, that's awesome. So we've been doing that for 10 years, and that's kind of like, you know, I've always wanted to stay in the game. I've actually wanted to coach, just didn't have the time with leading the church. So um, it's been great to be able to do a little of that on Thursday night. So that's that's the basics of kind of for the listeners of a little bit of my background. Dude, that's awesome. And we we love to hear that. Um, I did not. I did not know you were originally drafted by the Giants. Jets, New York oh, Jets. 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 Yep. If you would have said Giants, I'd have yeah. lost my mind, Jackson. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah. Go Giants. Like, come on yeah, now. Caleb's, Caleb's a Giants fan. So I don't know why I heard Giants. I'm like, oh, yeah. Caleb, well, why I, is it Caleb going crazy? I can tell you something interesting, too, about that whole ordeal. You know, Bill Parcells was just an amazing, amazing guy. And he, I'd never forget it. The first day of camp, we had a team meeting and he said, you know, you guys work your tail off. You give me all you have. Even if I, even if I don't have a spot on this roster, I'll find a place for you. And, and sure enough, true to his word, it was a year later, one of his good friends, Jimmy Johnson down in Miami was looking for a guy like me. And, you know, it was like a slash player, like a, you know, a, a quarterback, an athletic quarterback that could play special teams, receiver, mm-hmm. hold for field goals, all that kind of stuff. And and uh, Jimmy was the or Bill was the one that told Jimmy about me, and and that's how I actually got the job was because of Bill Parcells, his influence. So kind of like a Taysom Hill, like yeah, yeah I was going to say that like similar, a Taysom Hill. Yeah. yeah, it was a similar deal where you know back in that time, you know the the quarterback position back in that time was you know. Dan Marino, Drew Bledsoe, those type of cats. Drop you know, back, so. you don't run much. Exactly. Yeah. You're big, you're before, tall, got a cannon. Before your time. Mm-hmm. Like you were way before your mm-hmm. time. Like if you're in the NFL now, you probably have a, a big time job. It would just be so much more fun. Yeah, I, I was I was yeah. never really all that good like some of these other kids. But, um, but it, it, you know, it would. I guess I would have had a better shot. Let's just say that. Okay. okay. Got you. Yeah. So I have a question before we move on, Jackson. Yeah. I want to know like – so like NFL training camp. Yeah. So like, what is it like? 
you know, <laughs> like the inside of it. Hell. In, the inside <laughs> looking out. Yeah, absolute hell. And, and again, the game's changed so much, uh, Caleb, actually now. But, you know, when we were there, especially with Bill, you know, Bill's an old school, you know, blue collar grinder, you know. And so so it, his, his philosophy actually was, I'm going to make it so pressure packed and hellish for you in camp and in regular practice. By the time you get to the game, it's going to be cakewalk. That was his yeah. mentality. So it really was, man. It was it was mentally, physically, emotionally. It was just absolutely grueling. Um, but that was back then. I think nowadays it's probably a little bit lighter, but it's still, you know, it's it's definitely uh, not for the faint of heart. That's for sure. Dang, dude. Hmm. That's crazy. I've been wondering that, too. So I'm glad you asked that, Caleb. Like – I've always yeah that was really yeah. just like I've always wondered that what it what it's truly like you know like because you you see all the videos and you see like hard knocks but that's not the true thing <laughs> right you don't you don't see you don't see what happens when you get no. called into that coach's office and he lays yeah in you, man. exactly yeah yeah but you know honestly you know fellas for real we actually just talked about it you know we were in a staff meeting all day today an executive staff meeting we were talking about how. Um, our, our executive pastor actually played for Iowa State, and then he played a little bit of pro ball. And we talked about how, you know, in college, every single practice is filmed and you're graded and evaluated and coached on every single rep. And, and what it did for us is really helped us in our professional life now of really, you know, paying attention to the details. You know, we, we have a phrase we say, we talk about, you know, little disciplines lead to big victories. And so that's something that has really helped us, you know, for really throughout our spiritual walk, our family, uh, you know, life, and also our, our professional. Dude, life. I love that. That's a great saying. I'm going to steal that from you. <laughs> little disciplines, big victories. It's, it's so, it's so true, man. I mean, we, we teach that, you know, in peewee football and I talk about it with the high school kids I train. And yeah. even you know, at the church I lead, it's just it's just one of those things that really is true. So what I what I'm also gathering is that if I want to come work for you, I need to go and play some college ball or professional ball somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real. You know, it's funny. It's it's really funny. We we have such a wide variety of people on our staff and our key leadership team and lay leader team. But it's interesting that that a lot of people that are former military and former athletes really end up being you know, key role, um, role players, I think for us, not, not exclusively, mm-hmm. but it's just, it, it is definitely part of our DNA. And, it, you know, there's people that can come in and really, they don't even have a military athletic or anything background, but they really appreciate that type of flow. Right. Not that we're legal, legalistic, like but we just really believe in it. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Structured and, mm-hmm. and, uh, just dialed in. Yeah. yeah I get that. So, but hey, um, speaking of NFL and NFL training camps, uh, has there been any team that has really like stuck out to you this year from what you've been watching? That, like, <laughs> I'm a little biased. I'll tell you. I'll tell you honestly. I'm a little biased. I'm a I'm a Chicago Bears freak. Hallelujah! Oh, Hallelujah! God. Another <laughs> one. Oh and God! I, I quit. I, I know. I apologize, but um, I'll, I'll tell you why. So. So a guy named Matt Nagy was my quarterback way back in 04 in, in uh, Carolina. So even just this weekend was special because Matt and I played, he was the starting quarterback. I was the starting, what they called the OS, the offensive specialist back then. And we, we played together in Carolina. So 
you know, they played at Carolina this, this week and had a big win. And his receivers coach is one, was one of my best friends in the arena league, a guy named Mike Furry, who ended up going to the NFL and balled out. But so it's I, I closely follow them. And then their running back is a guy named David Montgomery yeah. from my alma mater from Iowa State, who's just a phenomenally hard worker and, and a humble guy, just just a fun player to watch. All I gotta so say is that they, I'm a little yeah. I'm a little biased. They need to get the running game fixed, though. That's all I gotta say. There's no question about it. They're, they they do need some some difference makers in the draft and on the offensive line next year. But but uh, yeah. I think they you know their defense is so darn oh, solid. Yeah. It's it's fun to watch. Yeah. Yes. Jackson. Speaking of needing difference makers on the offensive line, my New York Football Giants finally won a football game. They did one in five. Let's go, baby. One in five. And we have a chance to win the division. Yeah, I was sad when when your running back went down. That really uh, yeah. that really hit me hard. He's he's a guy that I love. I love following. Humble guy, hard worker. You know, so how go down. how is yeah. the NFC East allowed to be a division in football right now? I don't know. <laughs> if we're being honest, <laughs> I don't know. Like, let's go ahead and I put Clem- Clemson in Alabama. Like, well, in, yeah, they've got to be able to at least a win a game or two in that division. Jeez. Seriously, that's brutal. It's that's crazy, but um, it's going to be interesting to see how playoffs pick, uh, play out, um, especially with Green Bay losing to Tampa. Now you've got Green Bay and Chicago in the NFC North, with, both with one loss. And I'm, right. dude, I'm looking forward to when that game is because that's going to be that's going to be a that's going to be a hard hitter. Like, Big Texan, mm-hmm. do you think Tampa runs away with their division now? Um. No, I think Carolina's still a little bit of a force to be reckoned with, just a little bit. Um, the Bears just have that good of a defense, honestly. Well, yeah. Um, I think yeah. I think Carolina can give Tampa a run for their money. Uh, what do you think, Todd? Yeah, I, I I really like Carolina. I I'm stoked to see Teddy Bridgewater do so well and uh, try. What's the what's the little skinny receiver they got? He's so nice. Uh, God, Robbie Anderson, isn't name. it? Yeah, Robbie he, Anderson. he came over from the Jets, man. He's, he's so nice, yeah. man. He's so he, nice. He was being underused. Uh, I mean, he was great in New York, but he was being underused in that system that he is shining in Carolina. Yeah. He's he's so nice. It's funny you've just seen him too. He's he's so darn thin, but he's athletic as is all get out. He's lightning quick, good route runner, fun to watch for sure. And then when Christian yeah. gets back, I think that'll really, you know, help them as well. Yeah. Well, you know, Jackson, I'm glad he mentioned Robbie Anderson because that was my week two waiver wire pickup off fantasy. It's in our league. And we talked about it. And he has been killing it since then. And so if you're looking at waivers this week in fantasy, and you're not looking at the Washington football team, J.D. McKissick run at running back. He's got to be your go-to if you need a running back right now. Like Jackson, uh, I know you do. I know yeah, you got a bunch I of guys. Have, I have Bye. one. Well, I take that back. Out of my five running backs, I have two that are healthy. One is on a bye. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of people who need running backs right now with Saquon out and, and with Christian and McCaffrey Chubb, out Nick and so-and-so. Chubb. But, and Nick Chubb is out as well. So if you go, So you look at J.D. McKissick. He only had 84 yards of scrimmage, but he caught six passes. But if you look at it, Washington is going away from the pass. Sure. They're going away from the pass. They, they've moved on. They've moved on from their from their quarterback, 
Alex Smith is kind of back in. You know, they can't he can't go out there and throw 50 passes a game. And so J.D. McKissick's got to get some run in. And so he's going to stumble upon some fantasy points because that's not a bad offensive line he's behind. That's true. And uh, I'm hoping nobody's picked him up in our league because I'm about to go do it. <laughs> I would say you need to run it back desperately right now in our <laughs> fantasy league. It's, I didn't even – I don't even think I hit 90 points this week. <laughs> it was that bad. Like – Hey, you feel my pain. I hit 96 last week and somehow hit 180 this week. Yeah. I don't want to talk to you right now. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, A, it's it's one thing to have the injuries in um, in the NFL due to the lack of preseason and training camp. But I think it's right. another, you know, to talk about – there's a lot of guys getting injured in college football. Like, yeah. how how much is – the way that college football has been structured this year, how much of an impact is that having on injuries? Like, it's crazy. Yeah, that's a good question. Just and not even just injuries, but I mean the, the entire flow of college football. Because you know, again, you got spring ball that was basically axed. You get a lot of the off-season conditioning program, you know, um, on campus that you get a lot of that team building, a lot of that unity. So it's not just injuries, but really it's, it's, it's the totality of the college, the, the chemistry and whatnot. Program. Yep, exactly. And, and I can even just, you know, I've been close to the Iowa state thing just because of blaze being there. And it's, it's just tough, man. I mean, they, 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 you know, they're going to class online only They're you know, the, we the as parents we can't even take them out to dinner afterwards to a restaurant i mean they they got to go back i mean it's just there's a lot of isolation you know and it, it just a lot less reps i mean when they first when they first had their first game do they played louisiana and louisiana's no slouch but they just there was no energy right and there was parents in the stands only i mean it's just a completely different experience that has changed the the whole trajectory of because yeah, you football. know better than both Caleb and I do that a full stadium in Ames, Iowa is going to make a difference. Oh, yeah. Um, compare completely and, well anywhere, really. A full a full college football stadium anywhere is going to make a difference. I mean, is is that really what could be a factor for some of these teams? That there's no there's no question. You're, you'll see it. I mean, again, this is real life literally in the last few weeks, Louisiana, there was just parents. I was one of the only weirdo parents on third down, like trying to make noise. You know? like, <laughs> Everyone else is like, no, it was zero energy. They're looking at me like, who's the weirdo dad right there. Yeah, it's like, uh, have you watched and football then, before? Exactly. And then, but and you know, when, when it was Oklahoma, they opened it up for 15,000 fans. So immediately on third down, the, the place is yeah. going crazy. It's a completely different, you know, uh, environment. Right. And, you know, now they've, they've hit three, three in a row and they're doing yeah. great, but you know, it, it's, it's just like Nebraska's on the road to Ohio state this year. Okay. Or this, this week, just imagine if there's a full, like Ohio state Yikes. stadium, com, you know, compared, like compared to literally there's gonna be no, no one there. No one. It's, it's a totally it's, different game. It's going to totally be interesting to yeah. see just how bad Nebraska loses this week. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I, I hate to say it, but 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 yeah, but but here's the it's true. But think about it. How how much worse if if there's fans involved and mm-hmm. you know you're you're Nebraska, you're already the big underdog, but now you can't even make an, a check on third third and three because the crowd is so like ridiculously loud. It's a totally different game now. You know, Martinez can get to the line. It's third and three, and yeah, you're definitely out athleted. You're there's there's you're out man for sure going into the game, but with a crazy cool game plan and a maybe some huge breaks and turnovers that go your way or special teams big plays, you could stumble around and get and be in a game. But but yeah. with you mm-hmm. know with eighty thousand fans screaming every third and three, and there's no way it's just a completely different right. game. That that's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, the, the they have a they have OSU favored by twenty six in that game, and if there was if there was fans, I wouldn't even question that. I'd be like, it's going to be more. Agree. But like without fans, I mean, that's I mean, that's a reasonable number. It could, Nebraska could probably cover that. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah, because I mean, to, without fans, it almost becomes like you're playing a scrimmage. It's exactly what the feel was. It literally yeah. it, verbatim. Yeah. That's that's nail on the head right there. Yeah, that's, and yeah. I mean, speaking of scrimmages, Caleb and I touched on this. I believe it was last week about how the conference schedules. Like, I actually like the fact that it has been conference only. And next year, I want to see it be, um, eleven games conference, and then that one or maybe two non-conference are against the Power Five. Like Power Five played Power Five. Hmm. Yeah. Basically, Alabama doesn't go yeah. play Citadel. So then you have these big, you have these bigger <laughs> I mean, games, which then mean more, especially come college huh. football ranking time. I think that makes a bigger impact. Like I would love to. Just, I yeah. I like that. You, the only thing that I would add to that would if if you did do something, have like some type of preseason game yeah. one or two with maybe yeah. with maybe like. You know, a slouch to give them a little yeah, bit of money. Yeah, so maybe like your because yeah. you can work yeah. out some. So of the maybe camps, your you know? spring game, you bring in like an F an FCS team. So like Nebraska, maybe you bring in. Oh, I don't know. Uh, South yeah. Dakota State. Uh, South Dakota like State yeah. to play yeah. for your spring game. It doesn't go towards your record or anything, but allows you to uh, work on your quarterback competition. Allows you to figure out better depth going into the fall. And into summer camp. Well, yeah. it also gives South Dakota exactly. State some money as well, which exactly. is needed for yeah. every small program. And so, yeah. so then when exactly. we get to college football kickoff, you know, you see Alabama playing USC game one. You're like, okay, yeah, Alabama's probably going to win that because I mean yeah. USC is coming back a little bit, but they're not coming back. But I mean, like, I would actually enjoy watching it's, USC versus Alabama versus Alabama against Jacksonville State. Yeah, and it ain't heavy USC. It could be like Oregon. Mm-hmm. If Oregon's, you know, if Oregon's having one of them Oregon yeah. years and it's game one, that could be a yeah, close it, game. That would be that'd be yeah, really fun really to watch. Good. And so yeah. Yeah. before we before we move on to scores, I wanna reiterate something that and I'm not I don't agree with Stephen A. Smith a lot, but he did make a good point. The Big Ten this year has left themselves room for no era. There can be no outbreaks like there is at Florida right now and cancellations because they have eight weeks to get eight games. There is no, can, there is no cancellation times. And then they come out today 
and say that coaches aren't required to wear masks on the sidelines either. See, that's just mm-hmm. SEC's doing it and, right. I think if there's somebody, if there's a conference rule to follow, follow the SEC. You you have to wear masks. Um, you have to get, I think it's three negative tests if you test positive before you can play or a coach because we saw that with yeah. Nick Saban this past week. Nick Saban, yeah. Um, yeah. And then basically if you have an outbreak like with Florida, your next two games are rescheduled because you have to quarantine for 14 days. Well, see, that's the thing, though. In SEC, you can reschedule. Big Ten, there's right. no time and to so reschedule. Right. They, they have left they themselves have, no exactly. gap. So I think, like, if Ohio State – let's just say Ohio – if there's a one-loss team in the Big Ten – I won't even say Ohio State. If there's a one-loss team in the Big Ten, they're not making the playoff. Eight games, they're not making the playoff. I mean, I would rather see a one-loss mm-hmm. Texas A&M team over a one-loss Ohio State team. I wouldn't. I'd rather see Justin Fields in the playoffs. I'd and rather see from, Justin. And that's, yeah, I'd rather see that's coming from Michigan. Yeah, yeah, he he's just too fun to <laughs> yeah. watch, man. That guy, he's a special player. You now now if you're saying okay, one loss Penn State or one loss Texas A and M, then yeah, you probably take Texas A and M because they're in the SEC. Right. But when you're talking Ohio State, you yeah, know what I you're mean, getting. I get that. But the you, same, you know t- I guess getting. it depends on who they lose to because a one loss Texas A and M team, they're one loss to Alabama. Well, look, when Michigan goes in and, and goes 8-0, and we'll just not worry about it, okay? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's going to happen. You guys are going to look great until the last game of the season. Uh, I don't even know if we'll look great until then. I'll tell you who's going to look great is Joe Milton. There you go. But, yeah. I'm, I've been waiting a year for this guy to play quarterback for us. The best arm talent we've had on that roster, as far as quarterback-wise, this is a flashy arm. and Probably since, man, Robinson. And he wasn't even flashy arm talent. He was yeah, just a flashy he was, player. Yeah, he was a great athlete. He was just yeah. a flat. And, and so, and so, Milton's a good athlete. But that arm talent, man, hey, I I'm, think he's I'm, I'm ready for it. But so, getting into our favorite segment, let's hit some spread the bread. First game, Illinois traveling to Madison, Wisconsin, to take on number fourteen, Wisconsin. Caleb, we've got no fans in the stands for Big Ten games. Can Wisconsin cover this? This line that is a twenty point favorite in their in their favor. Yeah, we I mean we just talked about, you know, like I said, Ohio State and Nebraska and Todd had reiterated or Todd said it and I reiterated about the fans, you know, that that can allow some teams to stay in it and it has so far this year. But Wisconsin is is known, you know, you know you're getting good defense, you know you're gonna get the football ran straight down your throats. Um and Illinois is just not that good mm-hmm. to me. And so i I'm gonna take Todd, Wisconsin uh, over. What's your take on this game, man? No, I, I think I agree. You know, I think all throughout the Big Ten, there will be zero fans the entire season, which I, I really do believe will have a major effect on the outcome of a lot of these games. But I agree. I think Wisconsin is just so darn solid. Um, and just from the defensive line, uh, I just don't think it's they're going to be able to stop them. So I, I think they I think they definitely cover. All right. Uh, well, we're going to make that a three across the board. Um, Wisconsin, you know what you're getting from them. They're going to run the ball down your throat, and they're going to play good, hard defense. And Illinois, with Levy Smith there, he was starting to figure some things out, I think, at the end of the last season, but I don't think they're going to be able to figure things out against Wisconsin being their first game. Just blame it on COVID. <laughs> well, I'm going to blame it on no fans, man. <laughs> I mean, even, even though it would have been in Yeah, Madison, yeah, that's what we're going like, to blame it on. That wouldn't have helped them. <laughs> 
But uh, yeah, so that's exactly. our Friday night game. Um, we love Friday night lights, uh, especially when there's nothing to do in Mississippi or Nebraska. We love Friday night lights. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, but we then head to uh, our Saturday games, Nebraska at Ohio State. Big noon kickoff on Fox on I think on FS1 actually. That's what they're talking about. But um, Ohio State ranked number five hasn't played a game. They're ranked top five. Todd, uh, what do you got on um, a little bit of insight on this game, man? You know, it's it's a really good question. I I I. I'm a Nebraska guy. I'm from here. I have a ton of respect for Scott Frost. I, I'm really, I'm really hoping. Maybe I'm just a, a optimist here. I'm hoping that he'll really start seeing some traction this year because mm-hmm. I really, I really think he's a solid dude. He's got a great plan. I, I just think that they're just going to be way out talented, unfortunately, uh, on the road to Ohio State. But as I mentioned before, without a crowd, I think they're actually going to play a little bit better than you'd think. Right. I think if they, if they can get creative, a little more creative defensively, putting pressure on, you know, Ohio State's quarterback, th- I think it's going to be a little bit closer than people think. But I just – they just – I don't think they have enough juice to actually take them. Yeah, they, they, they came out and said that um, Adrian's going to be starting this game over Luke. And um, I think the experience may help Adrian a little bit in this game since he played Ohio State last year. But Justin Fields is too talented, dude. And with this Mm -hmm. being like a scrimmage with no fans, it's going to be pitch and catch all day for him, I think. And so as much as it pains me to say, um, I'm going to have to take Ohio State in this game. I would love to see it actually come down to the wire. If it came down the wire, I'd be a happy man. yeah, what's what's the spread right now? Do you guys know? The spread is twenty six in favor of Ohio State. Yeah, see, like that, I would actually, I would say that they that Nebraska would make it closer than that. So yeah, but I just because mm-hmm. of the lack of fans, if it's if it was fans involved, I think it would be more like thirty five plus, honestly. But that's just what I'm what I think. Yeah, yeah, I feel you, um, Caleb. I'm assuming you're going to go a straight three across the board with us. Yeah, I mean, I'm picking Ohio State, and as much as I, I pick with you about Nebraska and you being a Nebraska fan, um, just, you know, how some y'all flop the easiest games, I actually do like the general direction that y'all are going as a program. You get, you're getting better every year, and that's what you want right. to see when you bring a new coach in. Um, so I, I'm going to agree I'm gonna agree with, with Todd and say that, that y'all, you know, you keep Ohio State from covering that 26 because, again, it is just like a scrimmage mm-hmm. in a way. Um, and, and so, you know, some players get up for games when they're fans. And so, yeah. I mean, I, I think Ohio State's defense, you know, may come out asleep. I, I, would, I would love to see it. Um, like I said, I'd be happy with a 14-point loss, which you don't, you don't hear that much from a college football fan in general. Yeah, but I think when most people are playing Ohio State, they'd be happy with sure. a 14-point loss. Unless you're Penn State. Right, yeah. but um, but then, <laughs> then we've got what I think is going to be the most lopsided game of the day. Syracuse heading into Clemson, South Carolina to face the number one ranked team. Yeah, Sy- Syracuse by hundred. Uh, right? Try, try Clemson by a hundred, man, <laughs> dude. They after, after Syracuse just got beat by Liberty University last week. <laughs> 
But I mean, Clemson <laughs> put the hurt on Georgia Tech. They won by sixty-three. I'm surprised that this line is as low as it is. It's a forty-five Six. point. Oh, 66. They won by Pardon 66. me, sixty-six. The line on this mm-hmm. game is forty-five and a half. Like, show and show some cover. respect to Clemson <laughs> and bump that thing up to sixty. But uh, I, th- I think I can speak. I think I can speak for all three of us in saying that this is no doubt a Clemson runaway. Yeah, but so yeah. what's what's the line on it? Did you say forty five and a half? Forty five and, and a half. You know what's interesting though? I think Tech did get beat by Syracuse by you know a couple of touchdowns. It might have been seventeen points. So wow. if you do the math, you know it's you're probably right around that. So wow. you know you never know. Again, the key I think is you get a, a lucky bounce or a turnover, or yeah. someone comes out flat and has a has a soft first quarter. You never know what That's could true. happen. I think the ACC is uh, – oh, actually, I know for a fact. The ACC is allowing fans, so that will factor in mm-hmm. barely. Barely. Yeah. But I think the next game is actually my game of the week. Um, I know Caleb's got a different view on it, but it is North Carolina State, who is a quiet 4-1. <laughs> and one, Heading into Chapel Hill to play North Carolina, who just lost a heartbreaker to Florida mm. State. Ooh, that that game. Whose whose name were are we allowed uh, to say that name on this podcast? Only because they beat again? a top five ranked <laughs> team. Oh, only because yeah. they beat uh, um, at the time top five. But God. Todd, did you get a chance to watch that game um, last Saturday? You no, know, I didn't. I didn't see it, but I saw some of the score come up, and it was just tragic. I, it, it, I was watching game day earlier, and it was funny because someone made the comment like, well, we are in, you know, COVID season. Anything could happen, you know? Yeah, and anything <laughs> and happened. Sure enough, I, I guess <laughs> a, anything did actually yeah. happen. I, so. It's crazy. Um, I watched they'll, that game. They'll need, they'll need a big game. They'll need, they'll, they'll need, oh, yeah. they're going to be, they're going to be upset, mm. and they're going to need the little bounce back. Oh, yeah. Um, I watched that game, and – I watched the third and fourth down play by North Carolina. Um, two drop balls back to back. The first one, I'll give mm-hmm. it to him because it was a high throw, went off his hands. But the second one was literally in his lap. Like he, he, Ugh, in his lap for the first down, clock would have stopped. Now, like I get that North Carolina may have not won the game, but like nobody within, I think the closest guy to him was 15 yards away. Oh, and I'm like, if I'm that quarterback, I'm going over to him and to my receiver and saying, um, it's okay, but I'm telling coach to make you run on Monday. <laughs> like, like <laughs> you, it was a breadbasket catch. Like he's got, you have to catch that. Like you're not in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So if you, if you catch it and go down, it's okay. Like you don't try and think that you're going to catch it as you're going down and then get up and run, like go down, secure the ball, catch it. You're not in the NFL yet. That's right. Um, but, but back to the game that's at hand this weekend, the line on this is only 16 in North Carolina's favor. Um, Hmm. I think if North Carolina state can come out and pressure, um, Sam Howell for North Carolina, then they're going to be able to have a chance at this game because that's what Florida state did in the first half. And he had under a hundred yards passing and no touchdowns in the first half. That's why Florida state was able to Hmm. stay in this game. Um, Todd, uh, what what would your what would your opinion on this game be? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it, again, anytime you have like a crushing loss like that on the road, 
you know, you come home, you lick your wounds, really kind of study the film, see some of the key areas that you went wrong. And I feel like, you know, again, to your point, Sam Howell is such a talented kid. I, and he's a, you know, he's got a lot of pride. I don't think he's going to allow NC State to come in and mess with him. So I, I see a, a pretty big win this week for them. All right. Uh, Caleb, what you thinking here, man? Thinking a potential upset maybe? Yeah. I'm, no, I'm still kind of riding the North Carolina train a little bit this year. I mean, it's just me. I mean, it was five days ago, me and you were talking about them being maybe, you know, not beating Clemson, but the biggest competition right. for Clemson in the ACC and now we're talking about them possibly getting beat by NC State. You know, it doesn't happen that you don't go from one yeah. extreme to the other in one week. It's just one game, and it is COVID, right. so anything can happen. Um, I think 16 is a respectable. Um, I think they're going to cover. Now, it's just like Todd was saying, you never know one bounce here, one bounce there, and NC State's in this game. But I just think North yeah. Carolina comes I, back with I would a like to this see week. them get that spark back and go out and just crush their opponents the rest of the season because they still got Notre Dame. They still got Miami ahead of them. Um, and then that way they can play Clemson in that ACC championship to just really show just how talented they could be. I don't think that they would win that champ- that yeah. game, but like I would love to see that happen. But One, one, one little tidbit, yeah, thought North one little tidbit North- on that game. Sorry to interrupt, fellas, but one little tidbit is, you know, this rival meeting between NC State, NC State and North Carolina – it's actually the first time they've been ranked in the top 25 since 1993. Playing each other. Which was the wow. year I graduated. Dang, dude. <laughs> which that year I graduated high school, man. So it's been a minute since yeah. these cats have come in with some wow. credibility together like yeah. that. So um, it should be pretty cool. That, that's going to make, I think, for an even bigger game. Because in-state rival, um, both yeah. ranked top 25, like you said, Todd. Yeah, there's some there's some state pride, uh, pride going on there. So Yeah. Yeah, I remember. I remember um, when I was in high school, and State was ranked number one. And now they went and got beat by Alabama, but they were number one, and Ole Miss was number three. And like all the talk was just like, "We're going to be number one and two heading into the Egg Bowl." And I think both of them dropped out of like the top <laughs> ten by the time it happened. But it's just like if they would have been one and two when that happened, when the Egg Bowl happened, like Mississippi would have been For set sure. aflame. And so I can only imagine like how big this North Carolina NC State is oh, yeah. game for them both being ranked yeah, for the yeah. first time. Um, I'm, yeah, dude, since you call me old. <laughs> exactly, got the old man on with you hey, guys. Hey, yeah. I, hey, I like it though. You know, with age comes wins them. That's it, yeah. baby. Gray hair, <laughs> dude. Do you have any on your head to call gray? Oh yeah, baby. I'm growing it out. I like dog. it. I got, I, I got a little. I like going. it. I like it. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> so we're going to travel to another in state rivalry. And if this were a basketball game, I'd be picking with one team, but it's not. So I got to go with the ranked team. We got Kansas taking on Kansas State. Like, yikes. Todd, what, what, what do you, what's your take on this game, man? I mean, well, it's well, honestly what's happening. And Lawrence is just tragic, honestly. You know, KU has just really struggled for quite a few years. and They've struggled you know, for like 20, haven't they? It's been a long time, tragically. It really, really is. But, you know, K-State, K-State's legit, dude. I mean, they, they, uh, they're they pretty nice. And so it's going to be a pretty big runaway, honestly. But, um, 
Yeah, I don't know what the, what is the, what do they got the line? The right now? the line is at nineteen and a half in favor of K State. Yeah, I I think they definitely cover and and some, and yep. uh, so. But now one one thing that I think K State did, if I'm not mistaken, I think they lost their quarterback, their their main guy. Um, what was that? Skyler super athletic. Yeah, I think Skylar Thompson's out for the for the maybe unless I'm off. I thought he was out for the season uh, with a upper body injury. And if that's the case, you know, I think it'll be a little bit tighter, but I still think they cover. I just think that they're Yeah, if that's K- the case. KU's really struggling. If that's the case, that may yeah, he's out for the rest of the season. Ooh. That's what yeah. I thought, yeah. Yeah. That could be big. That could be big for them yeah, later you know. down the road. So do they still cover with him I, out? I think they still do. Just, just that again, they just KU's that bad, you know. And then I, no offense to KU, but I've been there. Believe me, I've been. I've, yeah. I was Iowa State, so I get it. I just, I just, and it's you know, it's a homecoming game. I just think that they're going to put the smackdown on them. But it, it, it's going to be having yeah. Skylar Thompson out is definitely going to affect them. Yeah. At the end of the season, when they hit some of these bigger games like Oklahoma State and Iowa State. Yeah. Um. That that's going to be crazy because I mean. Their next game after Kansas is West Virginia, and then they got to go in and play two pretty big teams in Oklahoma State and Iowa State. So I mean, exactly. If if they still have their quarterback, I'd like I think that they could compete for the conference. But since they don't, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, I agree. Well, I mean, we can always watch this week and see what the backups about. I mean, you never know. Point, in college yeah, football. that's a good point. Uh, that's very true. I mean, look at Tua a couple years ago coming in for Jalen, and then he started yeah. the next year. Well, hey, at, at one point, Dak Prescott was the backup at state. Like, let's oh, not forget that. Point. So, and he ended up leading yeah, to the number one. True. So, I mean, you got to, I mean, Joe Joe Burrow was sitting at Ohio State yeah, as a third call. string quarterback. Call there. So you you never yeah. you ne- you never know what you have. So I, I kind of want to give mm-hmm. the kid his, get, get yeah. the guy a chance. Yeah. I say kid like I'm not yeah. his age. Give the guy <laughs> a chance. But yeah, um, yeah, I think I can speak for Caleb <laughs> and I in this. Caleb, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm going to take K K State to cover and some, um, even even with the backup. Yeah, yeah, I'm still taking K State to cover. Yeah, Kansas, just Kansas. I mean, yeah, they have a great, they have a great minded coach, but he hasn't been able to turn around anything. Kansas is known for recruiting for basketball, not for football. Yeah, like, it's crazy. But um, a team making their top twenty five debut. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I told you last week. I told you last week that they won the College World Series a couple years back, and they were carrying momentum into football this year. They skipped a couple Dude, years. They were waiting for the momentum. Coastal Carolina in the top Hosting 25. Georgia Southern. And they're not even mm. favored by a touchdown. <laughs> they just beat – they just got – they're coming off a win against Louisiana Lafayette, so that's why they're ranked right now. Hmm. But yeah. do they have it? Do they have a good football yeah. team? Like R. honestly, P. like, are they that apple? <laughs> hey, there's out. a lot of teams that can be four zero and not make the top twenty five. But oh, I mean, yeah, but I think they looked good. Um, now it came down to the wire with Louisiana. Um, I'm gonna call an upset and say sorry, Coastal Carolina. Go back to go back to baseball and take Georgia Southern to beat. Coastal Carolina. Yeah, I actually watched Georgia Southern uh, play a game earlier this year, and it was a, it was a pretty good football game. Um, 
I don't think Coastal Carolina is for real. I think even though I've been on the Louisiana Lafayette hype train all year, I think they had a uh, a few good bounces against Iowa State and just got lucky and yeah. kind of got hyped up a little bit. And right. they've just been surviving since um, because they've really like all their wins have been by yeah. like a touchdown or a field goal. Uh, yeah. I'll take Georgia Southern. Uh, in this Todd, as well. what, uh, who do you got in this game, man? Man, you know, it's a good question. I got to, you know, physically see Louisiana at Iowa State. And and you're right. I think, you know, Iowa State came out flat. They had a couple meltdowns in, in the kicking game. However, I I love their, their shifty little quarterback. He was like a little mini bar, bargain Mike mm-hmm. Vick, man. You know, it's like a, a discount Mike Dang, Vick. And, yeah. and uh, they had a kid that I really liked, probably my favorite player on the field that day was – number zero for Louisiana. He was all five foot nothing, but was a banger at free safety. He was like a rover, uh, rover position, more like a strong safety rover. And he, they were sending him on blitz packages and he was just all over the field. I, I, I would, I think I would go with uh, um, the squad that, be, well, who are we talking The people that just beat Louisiana. Coastal Carolina. Yeah. Coastal Carolina. I'm going to yeah. go with them. All man. right. All right. I mean, that's, it's going to be a good game, I think. I mean, you got 3-1 and one versus 4-0 and oh in the same conference, and that's yeah. some belt. But, yeah. Um, dude, a team we don't hear much about, like, ever is Marshall. <laughs> They're in the top 25, too. Dude. COVID's doing some weird things to the rankings. Oh yeah. Um, they're hosting Florida Atlantic. They are four and zero. Florida Atlantic. They've got one game under their belt. One and zero. I think Marshall's running away with this game with the line being sixteen and a half. I I don't see FAU coming out and doing much, especially after losing Lane Kiffin in the off season. Um, it. Yeah, but I was literally about to say, last time I checked, Lane Kiffin is no longer at Florida Atlantic. <laughs> yeah. So I'll just take Marshall to cover. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we got we get past those those games. And honestly, this is the second blowout game of the day that I think. You got Alabama visiting Tennessee in in Knoxville. This is no no question to me. Um, now, Alabama's defense is a little questionable, but Tennessee's offense is even more questionable. They cannot throw the ball. From what I from what I've noticed in the past two weeks, um, so they are gonna get blown out. Give me Alabama by thirty five. The line on this is twenty one. Give me them by thirty five. <laughs> well, yeah, and and uh, I, I, the only thing I would say, and I think I just read this, their their D line coach gets fired. I mean, it's, it's bad news with Kentucky beating them at home. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I, I just, I agree. I, I think it's going to be a, a hand. Oh yeah. Sure. I mean, they did, I think it was three straight series. It was two of them were pick sixes and the other one was a, just an interception. That's yeah. Tough. Yeah. Yeah. Tennessee, Absolutely. the Texas of the SEC. I mean, we, we've stated that they're That's just they're good. so inconsistent with what they yeah. do week to week. Um, yeah, Alabama in the cover easily. Mac Mac Jones is really going to set a fire and knock. <laughs> yeah, um, agreed. It's not even a question. But um, Caleb, you were telling me when we were talking a little bit before we were recording that you thought that this game, this next game, would actually be a pretty good game, even though you got a very high ranked team and an unranked team. You've got Notre Dame 
in Pittsburgh taking on Pitt. What, uh, yeah. Why do you think this is going to be such a close game? I, I just think – I don't think Pitt's as bad as their record says they are. I mean, three and three, first of all, isn't a bad record in college football. I mean, the first six games, um, even though they are in the ACC. I, I just think it's going to be close. I mean, Pitt went out and they beat Louisville, who just played mm-hmm. Notre Dame to one touchdown. And, and, and I, I mean, I kind of like what Pitt's doing. I mean, you look at their, their receiver, Jordan Addison. I mean, you're talking 38, 38 catches for 444 yards. And so I just want to see Notre Dame. I mean, you've go got – stop him. Like you said, they're three and three. Their losses are to Miami, who's ranked. NC State, who's ranked. Yeah. And Boston College. Ranked. And they beat – Well, yeah, they, they, everyone, they, everyone flops whenever so often. <laughs> and they lost Boston College by one, and they lost NC State yeah. by one. Like, and Miami, yeah. it, it was less than twenty points. Like, they're they're kind of they're kind of like Arkansas. Arkansas could have a better record than they do right now, and they should be. Started you know, because Auburn. of the close games. Yeah, don't don't get you started. I know you. I know don't get you started with Arkansas. But I'm saying they they could be literally they could be five and one right now. It, it very well could be, and we we could be talking about a whole different game because they're three and three yeah. and not ranked. You know, Notre Dame's favored by 10 and a half. And I think Notre Dame will cover that. But yeah. it's not going to be a blowout. It's not. It's going to be a very close yeah, game the whole way you. through. Todd, uh, you, got, you got a take on this game, man? Yeah, I think, you know, again, it's 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 a home game for Pitt. They have had a couple heartbreakers, real real close game. Playing at Heinz Field, Notre Dame, you just never know with the conditions, weather conditions. Again, if you see a couple early turnovers or some type of, uh, you know, uh, miss miss handling of the rock for Notre Dame. It, it could they, it could be closer than people think. Dude, I I would love to see Pittsburgh upset Notre Dame because I don't ever believe Notre Dame's hype ever. Um, at least while, at least while I've been alive, <laughs> I've yet to believe their hype because every time that they go undefeated and they're in the playoff or a BCS national championship game, they just flop. So I'd never believe it. Um, but I have to I to say it. Give me Notre Dame to cover. As long as the conditions yeah. are good, because against Louisville, field conditions were not good, and we saw what happened. So, but hey, big game for your alma mater, Todd. Iowa State, big time. Heading to Stillwater, Oklahoma, to take on Oklahoma State, who I think I don't think Oklahoma State's as good as their as their ranking shows. Well, I, I tell you, this is probably the key game to Iowa State's se- entire season, if if we're really honest. They, you know, Okie State has been one of the favorites in the Big 12 this entire year from the jump. Um, you know, Iowa State came out late an egg, but they've really been building ever since. They're on the road, which is going to be, if I, you know, if it was a home game, I would say I'm really, really confident they mm-hmm. win. I think it's going to be a super close game, though, on the road. And, you know, to me, I'm going to be looking at the line of scrimmage. If Iowa State can establish a run game, I think they're going to they're going to take care of them. It's probably going to be a close game, but I think they'll win. If if they don't get a running game going, I I think Oklahoma it's it's the line's only three and a half. So, like you said, it's going to be a good close game. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm going to be intrigued to see how things are played out in the trenches. Um, because Oklahoma State's got a great running back who just hasn't gotten it going because of that offensive line. 
and Iowa State, they they've played well, except they they dropped that goose egg. I get that. Um, they bounced back. They beat Oklahoma. We both we all know that Oklahoma is having a down year, but I mean, still to beat Oklahoma is still a big thing. Um, I'm gonna take Iowa State on the road in this game. Give me well, give me Oklahoma right. State give, getting their first loss. Mike um, Mike Gundy's always notorious for dropping one. One game he needs to win and doesn't get that W, and I think this is going to be it. Yeah, I'm hoping you're right. Yeah. I I was going to pick Iowa State, but we've all agreed on everything, and so I'm going to go Oklahoma State just because of that fact and just because <laughs> of Mike Dundee's mullet. That's what that's what we're going with. We're, we're going with the mullet this right. week. Um, I mean, Oklahoma State is just – they haven't looked – I don't know. They, they haven't right. think they've clicked yet. I mean, you go in and you play Tulsa and yeah. barely get a win. Something, Something's not clicking with Oklahoma State yet. You know, I just picked yeah. them, so hopefully it clicks off, this week. Technically coming uh, off a bye because you know? their game against Baylor was postponed. Um, like, they struggled yeah. against West Virginia, honestly. Um, I know this, the score shows a 14-point win, but they struggled for a while. I think it's going to be a big game. I mean, this this game is very simple to me. Whoever gets their running yeah, game going first wins. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. I agree. And well, one of the things you got to remember too is because of all the COVID, you know, um, all the shenanigans. And we're we're talking. This is three weeks since they actually played Kansas. So, you know that that's another mm-hmm. factor because for some teams it's actually helpful. Some teams. Some of the players have ADD. They get disconnected. They get, you know, they're not as zoned in mentally, nope. and that can really affect the team. Yeah, um, which yep. I don't think I've experienced that, and I'm glad I haven't. But dude, that's got to be tough playing sports in today's world right now. Yeah, but uh, we got number six Penn State going to Indiana. E- Sorry, I can't read. I apologize. I got my contacts in. Can't read number eight. Penn State going into Indiana. Now, what's interesting is that normally I would definitely easily pick this as a blowout, but the line is giving me false hope. It's a six and a half point favorite for Penn State. Like, that's not even a touchdown. What's wrong? Um, I mean, I don't know. Maybe they're factoring in no fans like we are into a lot of our spreads. Um, I, I still think Penn State is a lot better than six and a half yeah, over Indiana. Um, yeah, give me Penn State by at least ten. Yeah, I'll yeah. agree with that. Um, I mean that that's that's pretty straightforward. Um, but then you, you've got Virginia Tech heading to Winston Salem to take on Wake Forest in a nine and a half point favorite for Virginia Tech, ranked nineteenth. This is a toss up game, I think. Um, Virginia Tech hasn't played their best football at times. And Wake Forest is still a young but good team. I'm going to take Wake Forest in this game. Yeah, I, I'm going to label this COVID, COVID game of the week. It's going to be just one of those mm-hmm. weird upsets that randomly happen. And and I know, again, we're agreeing, but I think we're on the same page. I think Wake Forest just goes in, at home and – Guess the upset. What, what's the spread up? What's the, the spread, spread on this game? game is nine and a half in favor of Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech. Yeah, I, I, I think, I think I'm going to go with, with with Tech. I think they're going to cover. 
and and maybe even be a couple touchdowns. Might be fourteen Ooh. points. Virginia Tech figuring out their offense finally. <laughs> I think yeah. so. I think so. Again, I think a lot of it's running game, man. I mean, you get some yeah. of this running game figured out, and, and part of it, the other thing is when you when you're when if you're playing a lot of teams that are stacked on the D line, I think it's going to be a little bit different. Yeah. This week okay. I can I can understand that. Um, but speaking of D line, I think Miami defense has recovered from that um, from that loss to Clemson, and they're hosting Virginia in Miami. I think this is an easy win. The line's 11.5 in favor of Miami, but give me Miami by by 17. Like, come on. Big bounce back week. Big bounce back week. Yeah, yeah, um, I agree. Yeah, I don't I don't foresee them yeah. needing much more momentum for the rest of the year. Um, they do still have North Carolina on their schedule, so they still got to be prepared for that. Um, they've got NC State and Virginia Tech. So they've got a semi-easy rest of their schedule, but I think Miami, Miami's going to be a one-loss team most likely going into the end of the season, and that, that's what they needed um, after losing to Clemson. So, so that'll, be, that'll be good. But, um, big, <laughs> yeah. big use all around. Uh, well, and it's just it goes to show the power of, of the quarterback. You know, I mean, yeah, you got to have yep. the, the full team, but when you get a, a kid of, you know, Derek King's side, you know, his, just his stature, just how his moxie, his leadership, it really does change the the complete trajectory of, of your team. And I'll just add a couple baller receivers. I mean, and how do they not have those in Dude, Miami, by the I, way? In, in South Florida. I mean, mm. come on now. Right. State County. Yeah. Just go to a local high school and pick one right. up and put I them on think the squad, man. After Miami finishes with one loss this year, they'll get they'll get those guys. I think they've been struggling. That's that's well yeah, said. They've they've yeah, been struggling well to get the recruits, um, because they haven't been not relevant, but like competing. Yeah. Um, so I think that, that will help them out. But, um, well, it's not, and if I'm a recruit, I'm not looking at Miami and thinking, Oh, there I'm the player that's, are there one or two players away from being Clemson? I'm looking at it and think, okay, now I can go play for Miami, Mm -hmm. which is a very good football school because they're back on the main stage of college football. So I'm still going to get seen and I get to the college. If you're you're a defensive back, you're getting to work with Ed Reed. Like, yeah. I mean, if you're a kid in, in Miami and around the Miami area, like if you don't true. want to go to Miami, what's true. wrong with you? That's very true, man. But um, one of the not talked about but exciting games of the week, I think, is going to be this next one. And it's number nine Cincinnati in Dallas against number – let me check my glasses here. <laughs> number 16 SMU. You've got a 3-0 and versus a 5-0. and And I think SMU has been – um, cheapskate. Uh, they've been knocked with their ranking because they're five and zero, and Cincinnati's three and zero, and they're in the same conference. And there's a difference of um, seven spots in them. Like, come on, show SMU a little bit of respect. SMU is actually favored in this game by two and a half. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I picked against Cincinnati in the Army game. Um, because I said I'd never trust Cincinnati, and they went in there and just put a beat down on Army. And so then I said the next week, I said, okay, I'm going to stick with Cincinnati every week until they prove me wrong. 
they haven't proved me wrong, so I'm going to stick with Cincinnati again this week. And then if they prove me wrong, then I'm happy again because I don't like rooting for Cincinnati. All right, dude, I can understand that. Todd, uh, who do you have in this game? Well, part of it is if you look at SMU's schedule, you know, they just – their last couple of games they won, but only by a field goal. And so what is – that's either two – it's one of two things. One, it actually fortifies your confidence towards the end of a football game knowing that, hey, we've won close games. Or two, you're, you've kind of – you know, you're at the max of your potential and you're like, dude, we've we've squeezed everything out we can and now we go into a little bit tougher opponent and now we, we you know, we kind of uh, lose that towards the end. So I, I, I actually, I'm going to go with SMU and just say they're learning how to win late games and uh, and squeak things yeah. out. And I'm, so I'm, I'm going to have SMU. to take SMU on this as well, mainly because um, a couple of weeks ago they played a very high-powered offense in Memphis and actually beat them. Um, so I think that has something to say a little bit. I would have liked to have not seen their game against TCU get postponed. Um, cause I think that would have really showed what kind of team they are. Um, yeah, but give me SMU <laughs> by a field goal. It's going to come down to a field goal at the end. They may not win by three, but it's going to come down to a field goal at the end. I think, um, just because they're, like you said, they're trying, they're figuring out who they are finally, but they're being able to close out games and have that little it factor when it comes down to those final two minutes. And that's, that's, that's huge for them. Um, but I think the best team at covering a line is BYU and they host Texas state and the line on this is 30. I think it's a little bit of disrespect towards BYU <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, put some more respect on BYU's name. I mean, BYU is going out here blowing teams out. Meanwhile, Texas State just got beat by South Alabama, who just got beat by UAB. And, and it's just like BYU by 30. Give me BYU by 50. Yeah, I'm right there with you. That's no question. Um, I'd like to see. Yeah. I mean, and, hey, and, and speaking of BYU – they're giving them a ten percent hey, chance to make the playoffs. There's a chance. Dude, so you're saying there's a chance. I, like, I would like, it. <laughs> like you're I mean, saying you're saying there's a chance. No, they would. BYU is yeah. a good football team this year. Oh, well, they still got to play they're Boise not. State this year. I think <laughs> they go out and play Boise State and they yeah. whoop up on Boise State. I think that makes a statement because you know Boise State always is like, hey, we deserve it. Well, and and I'm not I'm not saying BYU couldn't go and, and get a six or a seven mm-hmm. and, and play a big time bowl game, but there's no way you put BYU. Yeah, it it in all the depends final on what records teams. are come come then. Um, but yeah, I'm right there with you. Yeah, yeah. But I, I'm if Georgia wins yeah. out, I'm taking Georgia with one loss yeah. over BYU undefeated. Right. Obviously, but, that's a hey, no brainer. But anyway. we saved the best. We saved the best game for last. Come on, come on. We're in Minneapolis. Come on, number. 18, Michigan Wolverines visiting the number 21, Minnesota Gophers. It's Big Ten football, it's that baby. Time of the year it's again. Big Ten football. Give it's me some Big, Big Ten, Ten football, football, man. I mean, I'm just gonna be. I'm just gonna point out to you. I mean, I knew we were coming to this game last, and so I'm just gonna turn my chair that's at my desk right now to my beautiful wall of framed Michigan pitchers, of just <laughs> Trey Burke hitting the shot over Kansas, a sign, Mr. Big Shot, of Jabril Preppers and Jim Harbaugh grabbing each other and embracing after a good win. 
of an old, old Tom Brady in his Michigan uniform. The picture is gray and white or black and white. I know he didn't play that long ago, but it's black and white and it's signed by Tom Brady. And so I look at this wall and I think Michigan <laughs> athletics, what do we do? We always come out and win our first two or three games and then we just smoke one. So I'm going to take us against Minnesota, yep. even though they're an up and coming program. I'm going to take Joe Milton to just light the field Dude. on fire. And we're gonna win. Dude, we're gonna win by ten. I love it. It's a. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm gonna give you the favor. Be even being a Nebraska fan. I mean, the line on this game is three and a half. Give me Michigan by ten. Wolverines, come on! Like you have told me many times before, go blue. <laughs> go blue. Go blue. Yes. So what you, you know what I'm. Gonna, you know what I'm gonna do on Saturday morning is I'm gonna get a recording of Lee Corso picking his pick. I'm going to put it next to you. I don't know what you're going to do to pick your pick, but I'm going to put it side by side on the Facebook page. Like, it's going to be out there. <laughs> if, if Lee Corso picks Minnesota, Dude, I, I'm going to lose my mind. I hope <laughs> Michigan comes out and wins this game because I want to see Michigan undefeated against Wisconsin when y'all play. Like, that's, that's game four for y'all. We it, we always find a way to get undefeated to that game every year. We always find a way, and then I, I literally that's the game of the year where I never know. I, no matter how the matchup looks, I never know what we're going to do versus Wisconsin. Like like so two years ago we were pretty evenly matched, and, and we go in and year. just beat the dog out of them. And then last year again, decently even. Wisconsin probably was you know. Defensively, yeah. way more sound than our defense. It, it was and not. It just it wasn't it was pretty. Not at all. But but gone That's are the true. days of Shea Patterson. That's true. Gone are the days of Shea Patterson, and and a new are <laughs> hey, the days I'm, of Joe. I'm Milton. eager to to watch him. But uh, Todd, as our quote unquote celebrity <laughs> guest picker, man, who do you have in this college game day game of the week? Well, you guys are never going to have me back on your podcast. And for sure, Caleb is never going to be my yeah. – he's never going to love me. But I, I honestly – in all honesty, I'm a huge P.J. Fleck fan. And I ah. just love what he does. Now, I'm also – I actually grew up a Michigan, a, a Wolverine fan way back in the day of Elvis Gerback. That's before you – Ricky Powers, like some of the homies that you don't even know. you got to Google those cats. And, uh, but I'm just going to tell you, I love what Minnesota's duty doing. And I, I'm picking an upset on the road game in Minnesota, baby. I'm glad I picked, I'm glad I picked Oklahoma state now. <laughs> I do not regret that pick now. That's right. Dang, Man. No, I, Man. I, I just, I, I really like, I, it's weird. I've never really been a big fan of Minnesota until the last probably two years. And for whatever reason, I just, I feel like they got a, a great flow going and, yeah, and who I mean, knows, who knows what will happen. Great. In, in my opinion, PJ Fleck is doing the Minnesota with Jim Harbaugh was posted in Michigan. It, there, there, there's a, there's like a, yeah. there's a draw um, to Minnesota football right now. There is. Yeah. And, and that, that's what was supposed <laughs> to happen at Michigan and it happened for one year. And it just hasn't been the same since. Dude. Now I'm hoping Joe Milton brings that back. Yeah. Because I mean, this this kid's talented. He he is, and we're we're gonna see how he manages a football game. But as far as just raw yeah. arm talent, the kid's that's, special. That's that's gonna be crazy, man. But that's that's gonna be interesting. 
We got Caleb going against Todd's alma mater and Todd going against Caleb's favorite team. <laughs> hey, I'm just glad I'm just glad we all agreed that Ohio State is beating Nebraska, so I don't gotta be salty at anybody. <laughs> oh yeah. Jackson, if you would have picked Nebraska, I would have came and checked on your vitals. Hey, uh, <laughs> there's real. a point there's a point where fandom goes too far. I, I, lo- I love team picking upset by Nebraska yeah. just so I can see you again, man. <laughs> Uh, but Todd, thanks hey. so much, man, for joining us. It was a pleasure to have you. We enjoyed it, man. Um, well, I appreciate the invite. It's a ball, man. I, I love what you guys are doing, man. Sounds like a, a great time. I appreciate and I wish it, you guys man. all the best. Uh, but yeah, everyone, uh, appreciate feel free it, to go check us out on Facebook. Um, also check out Todd's church, love church, right? Or is it love fellowship? Yep. Look, yeah. Yeah. Love church. Go, work, man. go love check church them out work. on Facebook. Go check them out on the internet. They're great. They're doing great things there. Like I said, I've gotten to see um, pictures of what their new permanent uh, uh, worship center is going to look like, and it's going to rock, dude. If I can get that Sunday off, I'm coming. <laughs> like, dude, let's go, baby. I, I need go. to come and check that out because I will just drool at the mouth, but. Um, Todd's doing great things for the Lord and we, we love that. Um, but yeah, get, give us a, uh, give us a shout, give them a shout. And I'm pretty sure we also got, you know, in the future, we got some Lamar Christian basketball to look forward to. Am I right, Caleb? Yeah. Yeah. Next week kicks off season, man. Lamar Christian basketball. Uh, we're pretty banged up right now, hey, but thankfully the COVID bug hasn't hit us. Um, you know, we, we should be, we should be starting next Thursday. Uh, now the school we're supposed to be playing is shut down the COVID, but they should be open back up soon. So we'll see. Um, but it, it should be a good year, man. I got I got three big time seniors this year. Um, one of which is going to play college baseball, but another one should be in the D one ish level of college basketball if he keeps working hard or hard enough. Um, and then I've got I've got some very uh, talented. Let's say uh, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna keep them their their pride down in case they listen to this. talented <laughs> sophomores this year. Um, who are who are who are very very well on their way uh, to being very good players for my program. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll update toward the end of each of each, each podcast with that as it happens. Um, it won't be next week, but it'll be the following week. Will be the first Absolutely, time we update man. about Lamar well, Christian that's, basketball. That's all from us, uh, everybody. Take care, everyone. Go under the Facebook page. And comment, extend Crispy's contract. This is week five. I only got five more weeks of my contract till Jackson lets me go. <laughs> oh, much love, everybody. <laughs>